Hi, this is Rob Foltz, campus pastor at Lee University, and we want to welcome you to this podcast. It is good and right that when we come into the house of the Lord, we recognize who we are in light of our Lord. And so we come to a time of confession, which comes to us from Luke 17 and Psalm 25. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to sin are bound to come, but woe to that person through whom they come. It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around his neck than for him to cause one of the little ones to sin. So watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. And the people of God said to the Lord, increase our faith for the sake of your name, O Lord. Forgive our iniquity, though it is great. Hear now, O Father in heaven, our silent confession. Gracious Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, our Savior, and Holy Spirit, as Isaiah entered into your throne room and the angels were singing, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, he recognized who he was and he said, Woe, woe to me, I am a man of unclean lips. And yet, Father, in your presence, you pardoned him. We ask for that same pardon, that you would take the live coals, that you would touch our lips, you would touch our hearts, that you would touch our minds, that you would break those chains of shame and regret and guilt, and that you would offer us freedom. Help us, Father, to forgive ourselves so that we can live into this freedom. And grant us that gift to forgive others, even when they don't say they're sorry. Allow us to forgive freely the way you have freely forgiven us. We thank you, Father, for your son who came and died in order to let us go, to live life to the fullest, and to know what it means to be free. We praise you, Lord, as we unite our voice as one, praying the prayer that you taught us to pray by praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The assurance of pardon comes to us from Ephesians chapter 1. God chose us in God's self before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, God predestined us for adoption to be God's children through Jesus Christ in accordance with God's pleasure and his will for the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In Jesus we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Believe the good news. We are forgiven. Thanks be to God. I want to invite you to open up your Bibles if you have them on your phones or the Bibles in the pews there. We're going to be looking at an Old Testament passage this morning which comes to us from the book of Ruth chapter 4, starting in verse 18. Before we turn our attention to the word of God, let us first turn to the one who breathed that word and became flesh. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, creator of all that is good and wonderful and beautiful, the sky above, the ground below, the air that fills our lungs. We thank you, Lord, for your people, for your generations of faithfulness, for those who heard your voice and wrote down what they experienced. And we thank you, Lord, that you have preserved these words for our hearing today. May these words be as oil to fill our lamps burning away the darkness, and making clear the narrow path. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Old Testament lesson, Ruth, chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. Listen now for a word from our Lord. This, then, is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram, Ram, the father of Aminadab, Aminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, Boaz, the father of Obed, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David. This concludes the reading from God's word. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Whew, I don't know about you, but that is a hot and heavy reading. The Bible is a hot and heavy book. People are doing the hanky-panky all over the place. I am not kidding you. It's like in almost every single chapter. That's how hot it is. Things got started off with Adam. Adam laid with his wife, Eve. The text simply says, and he laid with her. And she had a baby, a boy. 
But things weren't always that simple. Lot, in a drunken stupor, laid with his daughters. <laughs> and the oldest daughter had a baby, a boy named Moab. Now, apparently, it really matters to God who you lay with. And all this incestuous laying around, God did not like that one bit. So he cut Moab and all the Moabites off from God's people and God's land. Abraham came along to try to redeem things by laying with his wife, Sarah. And she had a baby, a boy, a laughing, sniveling, giggling little boy named Isaac. And when Isaac grew up, he laid with Rebekah. And she had two boys. One was red and hairy. The other was Jacob. <laughs> and when Jacob grew up, he laid with Leah. And then he laid with Rachel. And then he laid with Bilhah. And then he laid with Zilpah. Good gracious. What in the world? How many times do you have to lay around? But all this laying around gave him lots of babies. Twelve boys. One was named Judah. Now when Judah grew up, he found himself a Canaanite woman to lay with. And she had a baby, a boy. And they named him Ur. That was his name, E-R. Ur. And Judah felt that when Ur grew up, Ur needed a good old-fashioned Canaanite girl, too. So Judah found him a woman named Tamar. But Ur didn't want to lay with Tamar. What is wrong with that boy? Doesn't he know how this process works? Maybe something was wrong with Tamar. Maybe she was a cyclops or something. But whatever it was, God didn't like Ur's attitude. And so the text says, that God put Ur to death. So Judah went to his younger son, Onan, and he said to Onan, Onan, you are Tamar's kinsman redeemer. Go and lay with your brother's wife so that she can have a baby. But Onan didn't want to lay with Tamar either. And the text says that God put Onan to death. Men, let this be a lesson to you. Lay with your brother's wives already. I'm just joking. Just because the Bible describes it doesn't mean the Bible prescribes it. Hallelujah. But Tamar, she was going to get laid if it was the last thing she was going to do. So she dressed up like a prostitute, covered her face, you know, the whole Cyclops thing. And she went out to the road to catch herself a man. And who should come along but her father-in-law, Judah. And the text says, bing, bada, bam, that's Hebrew, for and he laid with her. Sometimes, friends, when I am reading these scripture texts, I'm looking behind my shoulder to see who's watching me read this stuff. And then I realize, goodness gracious, I'm reading the Bible. For all you know, I'm reading Thessalonians or something. Tamar, she had a baby. Two babies, boys. 
And you know, to be pregnant with twins has got to be so uncomfortable. But in Tamara's case, these boys had a wrestling match on the way out. No epidural, just a stick to bite on. And that oldest boy, he kicked and he pushed and he burst forth, breaching the dam, which earned him the name to break forth. Perez, to break forth. Ladies, this just sounds so unpleasant. I mean, who needs birth control when you have stories like these? And this is where the Ruthen genealogy begins. Not with Judah, but with Perez, the one who broke forth. Perez grew up and he laid with an unnamed woman and she had a baby. A boy. It's rumor, speculation really, that she couldn't make it to the midwife in time and she had that baby in the open courtyard for the whole world to see. And that's why they named him Open Courtyard. It's Hezron in Hebrew, but Open Courtyard was his name. Am I the only one who wonders why people name their kids the names they do? I mean, really, he's got to be made fun of that. Open Courtyard, Open Courtyard. Well, Hezron grew up and like his daddy before him, he laid with an unnamed woman. And she had a baby, a boy named Ram. And when Ram grew up, he laid with an unnamed woman. Goodness gracious, what is up with all these unnamed women? Does the author not know their names? Does the author not know how to spell their names? Maybe he knew their names but didn't want to include their names. Did they not sign the release forms? It's times like these when I'm reading the scriptures that I stop and I wonder out loud, am I content with being part of the fabric of the family, the great genealogy, in spite of total obscurity? Well, Ram laid with that woman, she had a baby, a boy named Am. Am what was his name? Dang it. <laughs> there are so many babies in this. I knew that it was Aminadab. Um, Poor kid once again. Aminadab's name means my people, kinsmen. And Aminadab grew up and he laid with an unnamed woman. And she had a baby. A girl. No joke. I am not kidding you. A daughter. Can I get a hallelujah? Her name was Elisheba, and she fell in love with the first priest of Israel, Aaron. That's right, she got it on with a priest. Uh-huh. But you know what? She's not even in the story. She's not even in the genealogy. It's her baby brother, Nashon, who's included in the genealogy. And it's probably because Nashon was the brother-in-law of the first priest of Israel who happened to be the brother of the Moses that Nashon became, the head honcho, the political commander, the leader of the entire tribe of Judah when they went into the promised land. Not only was Nashon a political leader, but a little known fact about him, he was the snake guy. That's right, his name literally means the snake guy. How cool is that? You know, Hezron's jealous of that one. He's the snake guy, and they didn't even have World Federation wrestling back then. He is the snake guy. And he grew up, and he laid with an unnamed woman. 
and she had a baby, a boy named Salmon. And Salmon's name literally means blanket. I don't know, maybe he had a Linus thing going on where he carried his blanket with him everywhere he went. Or maybe one night, Salmon went out, found himself a prostitute, and he said to her, hey, baby, let me cover you with my blanket. Yeah. And guess what? She had a name. Her name was Rahab. And she had a baby, a boy named Boaz. And in the good Jewish fashion of every Jewish mother-in-law, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, the Moabite, you probably know her name all your life, Naomi said to Ruth, hmm, Boaz, now he's a nice boy, kinsman redeemer, go wash Perfume yourself, but eat something before you go. You're so skinny. Why don't you eat anything? Okay. And Ruth went out that night into the pale moonlight. And she whispered in good ancestral tradition, cover me with the corner of your blanket. And do you know what happened? I bet you do. She had a baby a boy named Obed. And Obed's name literally means servant. A servant born in Bethlehem. And all the women of the village started chickering children like little tiny birds. And they said, Naomi, now this baby, this baby will renew your life. And Obed grew up and he laid with an unnamed woman. And she had a baby, a boy named Jesse. And Jesse grew up and he laid with an unnamed woman. And she had a baby, eight babies, all boys. The eighth was David. And David grew up and he laid with, well, do you know her name? Just shout it out. Bathsheba. Now Bathsheba was not his wife, not at first. Ooh, scandal in the castle. But she had a baby, a boy. And David, he became the great, 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 great times, three times, one plus eight, great granddad of a man whose wife, you've probably heard her name all your life. And the angel of the Lord said to Mary, Joseph, now he's a nice boy. But Joseph did not lay with his wife. But she had a baby, a boy named Jesus. That's right, Jesus the Christ, a servant born in Bethlehem, the one who came, the one who has come, the one who will come to renew our life. And this is where the genealogy would end because Jesus didn't have any babies, because Jesus didn't lay with anybody. This is where the genealogy would end if it wasn't for adoption. 
That's why we proclaimed it today in our assurance of pardon. Ephesians chapter 1. We were predestined from the beginning of time to be adopted as God's children. So if anybody ever asks you, when did you become a child of God? You can confidently tell them, I became a child of God before the creation of the world. Before the creation of the universe, God had his eye on you. Oh, yes, I know. We denominational siblings, we will quarrel and we will quibble. But the truth remains that there is only one church, one Lord, one baptism, one Father of us all who is in all and through all. And it is precisely this reason that we have gathered in this place today to celebrate, to give glory, to give honor to our Father. The creator of the great genealogy. The one who makes us family. Therefore, as we gather at this table, we remember and we proclaim that this is not a Presbyterian table or a Lutheran table or a Church of God table or Episcopalian table or a Baptist table. This is the Lord's table. And anyone who puts their trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior is welcome to come and to partake in the family meal. Please join me in the Sursum Corda, which is printed in your bulletin. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Let us pray. Indeed, it is right to give you praise, Father, as we join our voices. Oh, as we join our voices with the choirs of angels and with all the faithful of every time and place, the great cloud of witnesses who forever sing to the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Father, send your Holy Spirit upon us, we pray, that through this meal we may be a communion in your body, a body that lived, a body that died, a body that lives again. Father, as this grain has been gathered from many fields into one loaf, and these grapes from many heels into one cup, grant, O oh Lord, that your whole church may soon be gathered from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, Almighty God now and forevermore. Amen.
We want to thank you for listening today. And if you want more information on our upcoming events, you can visit our website at leeuniversity.edu. Oh, 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 o